we're all good. Blunt. All right, so we are joined tonight. This is the almost at October. It's November. Wow, November member call, and Elisa Jansen Jones is joining us, and I am so excited to have you here. And all of you watching the replay, I know you're going to get so much out of this. And so, Elisa, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and tell about all the things you have done and are doing currently in uh, music education. When you can tell us about your, you know, love for mountain biking and all the things. So gosh, I do a lot. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm a K eight music teacher. Um, I love deeply love teaching elementary. Um, I only left my full-time teaching job because my own business really kind of blew up. And so I, and, uh, that business has always been uh, professional learning. So I, I like to think that I'm teaching teachers how to teach music, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> so going along, along those lines, let's see a little bit about my background. So my dad was a music teacher, so I totally grew up in music. He was a very traditional band teacher. Uh, he occasionally taught choir as well. He did 25 years teaching in a, a college and so I went to the school where he taught. He was my band director for a while. Uh, so I just loved music right from mm -hmm. the start. I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. And I put myself through college working in a music store. So I got to meet all the other music teachers in the area. I got to get my business legs under me, which was fun. And then when I graduated, you know, I actually had to, you, you talk about hard choices, right? Mm -hmm. So at one point I was, having to transfer schools because the school I was at didn't have a four-year music program. Okay. And so I was like, well, I think I'm going to transfer and go into music ed. And my boss pulled me in and he said, we don't want to lose you. You're so good at this music store stuff. Why don't you stay at the current school where your dad's the teacher and you get a full tuition scholarship and we'll help you get your business degree. And then you just come oh, work for us. That's awesome. And I was like, Oh, that's a very tempting offer, but I've always wanted to be a teacher. Right. And so I passed it up and went into debt <laughs> and, and transferred schools and graduated from Brigham Young University in, in Provo, Utah. That's where I got my bachelor's degree. And then I opened a brand new school, which was awesome because I had all that great, you know, experience as a, mm -hmm. as a business person. Right. Or so I thought. <laughs> until that first year, like when my, the business manager at the school was like, here's your budget. And I was like, what am I looking at here? Like it was unlike any financial mm -hmm. document I had looked at before. And so it really made me question like, what was I just doing for six years when, you know, 10% or I'm sorry, 90% of my job wasn't the actual teaching that I had learned it was all this other stuff of running the actual program. You know, yeah. it was recruiting, which is marketing. It was advocacy, which is public relations. It was like all this businessy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I taught for a few years, um, middle school band and orchestra, tripled the size of the program while I was there, which was awesome. But then I had to make a choice because I was a mom, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually had my first baby right before my senior year of college, my parents were like, you should just drop out of school. I'm like, I'm not dropping out of school, mm -hmm. having this baby between terms, going right back to school. So I actually brought 
my two week old baby to my instrumental methods classes. Oh, wow. Because I was not going to drop out of school. Yeah. Right. And uh, she only cried in the percussion class. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, I eventually had my second baby and was like, you know, my kids are only going to be lo- young for a while. I should probably stay home and raise my kids. So that's what I did. And, and that's when I opened my private lesson studio. Now, living in the town where I live, by the way, am I going too deep? No, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to tell stories. That's what I do. Um, so living in the town where I live, there were two universities. So even though I'm primarily a vocalist and French horn player, there were so many voice teachers and horn teachers. So I was like, okay, um, I'm going to teach all the students people don't want to teach. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to teach the homeschool kids. I'm going to teach the, the kids with um, autism, right? The ones who cry in the lesson for no reason. I'm going to teach the ones with physical disabilities and with mental disabilities. And I'm going to teach the siblings because I can teach saxophone and clarinet back to back, right? I can teach trombone and, and uh, percussion back to back. So that's what I did. I just specialized in the students nobody else wanted. And it was one of the best things I could have done mm-hmm. for my teaching skills because I learned how to teach yeah. individuals, like the, mm-hmm. the ways that they learned so differently. So I didn't have one way of teaching clarinet embouchure. I had 10 ways of teaching clarinet embouchure because each student was so different. So then I decided to get my master's degree, but I couldn't decide what to get it in. Does this sound familiar? Familiar? Kind of, yeah. That's why it's taking me so long. (laughs) Well, it's because we're all so freakishly talented, you know? So it's like, well, should I go into, uh, I mean, I really love taking care of people. So should I go into like uh, music therapy? Mm -hmm. You know, I at one point toyed with being a nurse um, or do I want to go into education or do I want to do like a Mm -hmm. music emphasis thing or music education? So I toyed with all these ideas and I thought, you know what, I actually feel pretty secure in the whole education thing. And I feel really secure in the whole music thing. It was the business thing that I didn't know well enough. Right. Mm -hmm. So I decided to get my business degree. So I got an MBA. Um, I got to self pace. We were just talking about that before you started recording. And so I got through my 24 month, my two year program in 16 months because I got to work as fast as I wanted to. And I was really freaking gung-ho about it. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm frustrated. Cause they're like, it'll be three years for you to complete your program. I'm like, <sighs> I can't just binge it. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the MBA thing has served me so, so well. So then I, uh, started doing some business consulting, right? So I was helping new startups. I was helping with strategic plans and business plans and doing financial analysis. And I was working in my town. And that's when I first started doing stuff online. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Zoom had just come on the scene and I started uh, having Zoom conference meetings with my clients all over the country. And, and I was being relatively successful at it. And then I was like, you know what? I don't actually... I don't actually care about these people. Okay. (laughs) Like 
oh, you want to start your own massage therapy school? That's great. Here's a plan. I don't care. And so I eventually came to the fact that I didn't feel like I was fulfilling any kind of mission, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know, you know, this Jessica is mission is so important mm-hmm. because if you don't, if you don't know the why behind what you do, then why do you do it? Yeah. You, you lose the passion. So yeah. for me, I was, I was really disenchanted. And so I thought, who do I really want to help? What do I really care about? What am I really an expert in? And I thought music education, right? Mm -hmm. I've always been a music teacher. That's what I've loved to do. So even though um, I could have like become an executive at a big company or something, which is what I am now, (laughs) ironically, um, is I decided to just start doing what I could to help music teachers. So I started doing a bunch of surveys. I started my blog, um, musicedmentor.com. Mm-hmm. And I started just focusing on the business side of teaching music. Yeah. So um, anything off the podium was up for grabs. So I, if I came down to, I finally whittled it down into, okay, what is it that I do? And this is what it is. I teach music educators how to build, manage, and grow thriving. I'm going to totally cry because I'm so impassioned about it. Sorry. I teach music educators how to build, manage, and grow thriving school music programs and have long and happy careers. Awesome. Yeah. So I started with the blog. And then after a couple years, I started a podcast. And I know you have, what, five podcasts now? Six? No, three. Eight? Have you done 10 podcasts, Jessica? (laughs) I have a lot. That's getting out of control. (laughs) I feel like every time, every time I check Instagram, I'm like, she started another podcast. <laughs> well, thinking? one of them's taken a hiatus. It's the mom one. We're just putting that to a side for a while because it's okay. just, not, yeah, it's too much. I, I tease you, but you're, you're amazing. And I honor all of the work that you do. Thanks. So, um, so yeah, the podcast was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then I started speaking and doing like, speaking gigs um, at state conferences. And then I got accepted into this national conference, right? This is where things really start to get good because I decided to write a book, right? Because I was like, oh, I can't go to the national conference without having something to peddle, right? So I wrote a book in a month and so that I had something to hand out, right? At my conference. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, Je- hi, Justin. Um, we just hit the point where it's getting really fun. Okay. (laughs) So I have a blog, I have a podcast, I'm speaking engagements. I get accepted to speak at the national conference in Dallas and I live in Colorado. So it's quite a a trip. And I start asking all my friends like, Hey, how often do you actually even go to conferences? Cause I wanted them all to come see me and how awesome I am. Right. You should always want your friends to see how awesome you are. So (laughs) I was I was like, hey, are you guys going to come see me talk at this conference? Blah, blah, blah. And, um, and none of them were going to come. They weren't even come to the state conference. They were like, are you kidding me? Drive from like Western Colorado where we're on like the border with Utah, right? Mm-hmm. And like seven hour drive across the mountains in the snow to get to the conference, which is being held at the Broadmoor Resort, which is beautiful, but $300 a night where you can't get a meal for less than 20 bucks. Oh my gosh. 
you know? So I'm like, okay. So my friends were going to conferences, which are their primary source of professional development at the time, mm -hmm. right? Every five years, they would go to a conference once every five. And I was like, that sucks. And so I, um, I'd already been doing some webinars, uh, mostly as lead generation and stuff like that. And I had created an online course um, all about grant writing. So I, and then of course my book. So I'd, I'd already been developing products and stuff. And I was like, you know what? If I took all of my podcast guests who were all amazing, yourself included, and I invited them to be conference presenters and I taught them how to do webinars, we could do an online conference. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, all right. So I get that this is not novel anymore, but back in 2017, it was, right? <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, <laughs> Now it's like so... everybody's virtual. <laughs> exactly. Little did you know. I spent three years being like, guys, it's for real. No, you really can learn online. <laughs> Believe me. You know, so I, yeah. so I put together um, the International Music Education Summit. I was not an organization or anything like that. It was just a bunch of us, right? You were there with the first year, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just got you know, my, my people together, we had 35 sessions and, and we ended up having about 200 people register that first year. And I was like, yeah, this is happening. Okay. Because we had speakers from Australia and Singapore and Canada and all four parts of the United States by whatever, all over the U S. Um, and I was like, okay, they don't have to travel we can get the best of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. So once the first year was over, I was like, okay, it works. Then I yeah. started doing it every year. And of course, by then the podcast was really thriving. And um, then I started my doctorate. <laughs> and of course, I didn't have to think too hard about what to get my doctorate in. I wanted to do it in online learning mm -hmm. um, because I really am passionate about the accessibility that online gives us. And then of course the pandemic hit and all of a sudden everybody was online and like, what do we do? What do we do? I don't know what to do. And I was like, yeah. I know what to do you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so then I started a Facebook group, like the first day of the shutdown. And I was like, here's what we need to do. We need to work together and I'm going to bring on experts in online instruction and all the people from the industry that I know, my friends at Note Flight and Smart Music and, mm -hmm. and Make Music and, uh, you know, Band Lab, they, they were all my sponsors, you know? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring in those experts. We're going to make this a safe, fun place for people to connect. So that group just topped 48,000 members. So I think it is now like the largest group of music educators. On What's Facebook. it called? What's it called from um, the Harmony members who are not aware of yeah. the group? It's Mikol. <laughs> it's Music Educators Creating Online, online learning. learning. Okay. Yeah. It's a really awesome group. Yeah. It's, it's so many awesome. great ideas for virtual learning. So yeah. And, and everybody, for the most part, there's a sour grape every now and then like you'd expect. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, people are stupid helpful. I mean, they're wonderful. You know, you can ask the, the littlest thing like, hey guys, I'm in uh, smart music. And I don't know how to pull the MP3 files, yeah. right? 
And so you ask that question, all of a sudden you have like 10 people saying, oh, and do it this way. And oh, have you seen it this way? And so it's just, it's so helpful. And after being the only admin for a little while, I was like, okay, this is too hard. It, it kind of blew up. Um, I, I had a collaborative webinar with uh, someone from the National Association for Music Education, Lynn Tuttle, and then uh, from the, the, the NAM Foundation, um, of course, I can't think of her name right now, Mary, Mary Lurson, um, and then John Lynchek from NoteFly. Anyway, we did this big like collaborative thing just to help calm people down and like simmer down, y'all, here's your next steps. You know, it's going to be okay and we're going to help you out. And so we did this webinar. We had 11,000 people register wow. and we could only host 5,000 in the room. So I had a lot of disappointed people, but we did that, that webinar and pointed everybody at that Facebook group. And ever since then, it's just been this haven for, for people. And we've had to navigate some issues, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Does that really count as online learning? So we've kind of shifted the mission and we now try and balance relevance to the topics with the needs of the members. Mm. So we allow things that aren't strictly online learning based because it is such a helpful growth environment. And that's totally because of our moderators. I have a team of moderators now. Um, we're in communication almost every single day and uh they are really what makes the group great that's awesome so, yeah. yeah awesome i think that kind of brings us up to uh you know the pandemic hit <laughs> and and i was working for myself i had just quit my teaching job which was really hard because you know my i love it and i loved my students and they had been my babies you know like i'd been there long enough at the same school to watch them grow up you guys know that's the best part of teaching elementary mm -hmm. music right mm-hmm you get the same kids over. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Mm. So it was really hard uh, to leave that wonderful job. But uh, anyway, so then I got a call from the Con Selmer Corporation, which, if you don't know what Con Selmer is, they are an instrument manufacturer. They're the largest instrument manufacturer that's based in the US. Um, they make all kinds of instruments not fretted though which is unfortunate because i'm obsessed with ukulele and if my you know anyway so they called me up and were like hey we want to we have this big conference planned and we can't do it in person because of this whole pandemic thing could you help us out and i was like yeah sure okay mm -hmm. they're like you're the only person who's done this i'm like well I'm probably not the only person but i'm the only person you know so i ended up helping them put on three uh, conferences in May and June. And then they were like, you know, we kind of like you and we kind of want to keep you. And so, um, I immediately started getting solicited for jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I accepted a position with Con Selmer to basically build out a whole division of online learning. That's awesome. Yeah, which includes teacher training, of course, because that's what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. So uh, teacher training, we're doing some classroom material stuff that's really innovative. Uh, we host events, um, online events. So I'm helping with a bunch of conferences and then we're gonna be putting on our own things as well. So for example, the week of the Midwest Clinic, which is in December, right before we all cut mm -hmm. out for break, we're doing a two-day workshop on just retention and recruitment. 
That's awesome. Which for secondary teachers is a huge pain point right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's kind of what I do. And then I'm, I yeah. love mountain biking and being out on trails. And I have my first website was actually a trail blog. Um, I love to give myself really hard challenges like doing a trail every day for a year or riding the 108 miles around the white rim overnight. Um, I've raced triathlons and mountain bike races and I've run a half marathon and I have three awesome kids who are in high school. I have a senior, oh my gosh, who's going to college. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, that kind of, that was yeah. a long explanation. <laughs> no, so good though. You have a, yeah, just a lot you've done and it's so awesome. Um, just to see all the doors that have opened and all the teachers you've helped. And that's a lot of the reason I wanted to have you on tonight. Um, I, uh, I know there were other members that said they're going to join us live, you know, life happens. So I know they'll watch this replay. And so, um, Ashley and Justin, I want to ask either of you, if you would like to tell us about what's been going on since our last conversation and Elise is here to just kind of offer mentorship and support and answer any questions. Cause like she said, that's what she's passionate about doing is mentorship. So, um, pick her brain as much as you want. I know her personally, personally, virtually <laughs> she's very passionate and she means that. So feel free to just ask any questions related to music education, self-care life, anything. Ashley, do you want to go first since you were here first? Not to put you on the spot sister. <laughs> No, it's fine. Um, so our district's been virtual. And then last week they had all these teachers scrambling because we were going to be in person this week. So on Thursday night at 10 p.m., they told four new teachers that they were going to be teaching complete classes. Um, and then they gave us an Act 80 day on Friday. And then they gave us an Act 80 day on Monday and Tuesday. And now we're virtual because our numbers are too high in our area. So they're not opening. <laughs> yeah. So it's been like, everyone's been running around with their like heads cut off right now because, you know, everyone's rolling with it. Um, mm -hmm. So basically what I'm doing um, in the last Zoom meeting, I was like kind of trying to brainstorm ideas for like in person what I'd be doing. Um, so I kind of got my flow mapped out and, because of like the act 80 days and shifting, I'm going to start that tomorrow. So I'm going to see upper elementary. Like I said, that's kind of like my struggle area, just trying to yeah. find what works right now. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, with adding these teachers, those students are 100% virtual. And then we have the purple team and the gold team. And so like this week's a purple week and next week's a gold week. And if we weren't closed, whatever color it is, that's who would be coming in the building. Um, but these virtual classes have like 30 kids in it and they're asynchronous. So like I've basically been uploading my lessons that they can be done asynchronously, but like <laughs> I don't have rosters. So I had like three kids in kindergarten today and I think I had like at most maybe 11 kids in like third grade or something. So it's, we're in a really weird haze right now. Um, but I, yeah, I'm kind of like at a waiting game at this point, just trying to see what works and figure out what the kids like. Because I, I really yeah. feel like 
uh, interest and participation is like taking a massive like news dive right now. Um, and I'm trying to keep things like lighthearted and fun and I'm not trying to be like too rigorous, but then it's like second quarter is our grading period. So it's like, well, I have to have something to show aside from me saying like, yeah, the kid's completing it or no, the kid's not completing it. Plus, you know, with technology issues, that's a whole nother battlefield, mm -hmm. but it's just trying to find things of interest. I was just, I was so excited to be in person because yeah. like. I figured out I made a parody to Old Town Road for like a passing out song, which I was so proud of myself. And That's awesome. It's like, I mean, I guess I could teach it to them virtually, but they're not really passing out. I'm not really passing out anything, but I'm just trying to deliver my content in a way that would be similar to when they're in person. So like when they transition back, there's mm -hmm. not as many hiccups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh How's your attitude holding up with all the shifting back and forth and not knowing what to expect? Honestly, I've kind of just gone into the year like it is what it is. <laughs> um, there, I really haven't been too stressed about it. And even like with the students, like I, it's, I, was, I always talk to the art teacher about this and it's like, you know, I have 18 classes, three of each grade and it's crazy because it's like, you feel like you're answering the same question over and over again, but then it's like, I have to remind myself, well, yeah, this is day three of me explaining the same lesson again, but it's still like the kid's first time. So I've really, 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 really <laughs> been trying to just like keep my cool and just, you know, whatever frustration I have, just like throw it aside and just give kids like a genuine answer and complete benefit of the doubt so that no one's getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Elisa, in your talking to other teachers, when, it, when they are shifting back and forth like this or not seeing very many students, what, or even conversations you've seen happening in that Facebook group, what have you seen, what advice have you seen given or have you given, I guess is what I'm asking. You know, number one, you're on the right track, Ashley, with finding what's of interest to the students. So the number one thing always should be what, you know, being student-centered. So having a collection of things that your students, you know that they're going to love. Like, you know that kindergartners are going to want to move. They're going to want to sing. They love little puppets. So, you know, or, or actions, whatever. There's, there's tons of stuff. So just having like a, a repertoire almost of activities and stuff that you can do online or that you can do in person or ideally that work for either one. So that way you've kind of already got your toolbox ready to go and you can adapt really quickly, whether you're synchronous or asynchronous or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but really two, two main things, student-centered, project-based, most of all, keep it simple, especially on yourself. You know, if it, it can be hard if you have 250 students, if you're trying to do individual singing tests for all of them or, or checking their pitch or whatever. So I would say, you know, uh, do your grades in groups, um, you know, to assessments in groups uh, is always really helpful. And, you know, you can kind of pick them out. So keep it, keep it as easy for yourself, as easy for them, fun and engaging, student-centered. I love that. 
Ashley, what, um, after our last conversation, when you were asking for ideas for upper elementary, what have you, um, this month, have you tried? Because, you know, a lot of it is trial and error to see, mm-hmm. is this going to work? Is it not? I don't know until you get in there and, you know, try it with them. Mm-hmm. Well, I tried doing, it was kind of a flop. Um, but you know how like they have like those online generated pianos where it's like they have the keyboard and I tried doing a lesson with them to technology and whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. we tried it. We learned. Um, but yeah. tomorrow that's really where I'm going to start implementing. So what I'm going to do, um, because I do this all the time. Like when I do work, like I like to listen to music, but it has to be like, I like to say like white noise music mm-hmm. because if I listen to something that like I'm really into, like I'm just going <laughs> to you like start tuning. Oh wait, start singing along. So I always yeah. look up like <laughs> autumn jazz or relaxing yeah. cafe music. And it's like, like just, you know, good background music. I'm like, this is really relaxing. So I'm going to play that in the beginning of class. And then we're going to do just like basic stretches to kind of get them you know, mm-hmm. moving a little bit up off the couch or bed or whatever they're on. And then we're going to move into like a body percussion activity, which then is going to lead into the musical explorer program from Carnegie hall. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have like a fun break. It might be music related. It might not be music related. I figured, but do something they enjoy. And then I'll end it with the, the squill, the sick, super quiet listening time. I'm going to try that. and We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I think that's a good plan. And honestly, like Elisa said, like having a plan just, and, but it can be flexible and then you can adjust it as needed and you can say, Ooh, that didn't work. But that does not mean any, it's nothing on you. It's nothing on the students. It just means it just didn't work. And that just means, you know, you don't even need to go back to the drawing board. You get to say, maybe it wasn't this um, complete lesson altogether. Maybe it was just something about it. Did I present it? Did I not give enough instructions? Did they not, were they not paying attention or whatever, you know, or you could scrap it all together, but it is a lot of evaluating and figuring out what, especially this year. It's just like, you know, we've talked about this. Y'all never thought you'd be teaching virtually. There's no one that handed you your degree and said, okay, well, but in a few years, here you go. You're going to be teaching strictly online. Nobody teaches you how to do that in college, you know? So it's like, um, I think you're doing amazing. Just keep going and when you only see those few students you show up like a rock star like tonight we had a lot of people on coming live and they didn't but we still go we still do it regardless of if there's one person or a hundred because that's you know and you may have students watching the replay or whatever but we've talked about it too you may not know what students are watching the lesson but you never know who's like watching it later on with their family or on their own time who's benefiting from that so just keep showing up. I know it's hard. I know I'm not sugarcoating it at all. But like um, Elisa said, like, how is your attitude? And it sounds like it's amazing. Like, it sounds like you're doing, you know, just, I, I hear like you're, you're kind of holding back. Like, you're like, I feel defeated, but you're not saying that. But I know that you, you are though. I've seen the growth in you already. Like, how many Zoom calls are we in? Is this our fourth one? I think so. But yeah, you like I even from a month ago you seem a lot more positive this month like I may not have it all 100% figured out but I feel better I feel like okay things may shift and I'm just gonna keep the mindset of it might change from time to time and I think that's you know I mean you know I feel like that's a big part of it this year but it, it sounds to me like you have a great structure and remember that's what students need and and I think yeah. so many people have forgotten that 
classroom management doesn't end just because you're teaching online. Mm -hmm. And nine tenths of classroom management is expectations and managing the expectations of the students and teaching them the, the procedures and having that templated regularity of knowing what to expect. That gives them security and that's not exclusive to to the in-person classroom. So mm, I think it's awesome good. that you already have kind of a, a template and a pacing in mind. And then also that it sounded like all the activities you could do either in person or online. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of how you, you get? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, Ashley, is that kind of how you're planning right now? Are you looking at it for both ways just in case? Yeah, I'm trying to plan it so that why my lesson and if we're in person we do it in person and if we're virtual do it, we do it virtual like i use google slides that's good all my youtube links everything's linked mm -hmm. in it so all i do is mm -hmm. pull up the slides play and go awesome. and yeah like she said do it whichever way they are leave it as simple for yourself as you can you know and that's the truth it's just doesn't mean you're any less of a teacher or teaching music any less than you normally would you you know you just got to keep it simple elisa and i talked about this a little bit um, on your podcast that one time, what just came to mind was we were talking about how it's still okay to do the same thing with kinder first, second, third, fourth, fifth. It doesn't mean they're getting less of an experience if they have like double the same song because you can always do more with the upper grade. And I've always had that philosophy. It's just like simplify. If you can't plan six activities for six different grade levels, cause you're like, that's okay. <laughs> you yeah, know? no, I, I completely agree. And honestly, my middle school kids often loved the same activities as the first and second graders, mm -hmm. you know, like making instruments out of straws. Are you kidding me? They <laughs> love that, you know, opening up yeah. Chrome music lab and saying, yeah, all right, here, create this song and email it to me, mm -hmm. you know, and they all did their own name. Kids only care about themselves, you know, <laughs> so, <Not> pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, I, awesome. I would totally yeah. agree. Batching those, mm -hmm. those things together. How many uses can I get out of this one lesson mm -hmm. plan? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. Justin. So Justin, Elisa, you'll like this. He is a former band director turned elementary music teacher. And so he can probably relate to what you were saying about older kids wanting to do younger kids stuff. Sometimes I don't know, Justin, did you have that experience with them asking to play particular games? I don't know. Things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely happened quite a bit. In fact, even as, as recent as today, um, there's a couple of classes that like our fourth grade, our numbers are a lot lower. And so our class sizes are a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot lower. So mm -hmm. I find myself getting through content things a lot quicker with them. Even if I take extra time to kind of like give them more one-on-one -on -one instruction, it's not really one-on-one, -on -one, but I can pay more attention for longer with each student and, you know, ask them questions while we're singing and, or doing the activity. And I just find myself getting through content quicker. So I find myself kind of pacing differently and, and almost like kind of readjusting, I guess not really my lesson plan structure, but just like, okay, what are some extra things I can do with this particular activity instead of, all right, I've covered the content, you know, task number mm -hmm. two, here we go. So um, there's a couple of times where I just kind of have a few things at my fingertips where it's like, hey, if I need an extra two minutes or so at the end of something, we can do that. And then today, um, it started off with my first graders, which my, my class 
rotation on Wednesdays is super hard all day long. Like it's my, it's my butt kicker for the week. Um, you know, like I have several classes that are just have the extra students in there that have, you know, a lot more behavioral problems mm -hmm. and they just kind of run the class if I'm not careful. And, um, the first graders came in and we did our good morning song and, um, I didn't have them. I really didn't have them from the time they walked in and I knew that, but I'm pretty good at kind of like squeezing on them a little bit and just getting them settled down and in their spot. So that way we can start and it was fine. But as soon as I started asking questions about what we had done last week, I saw the ones that I have to keep an eye on start getting distracted. And I thought, Oh man, like I've, I've got to squash this very quickly before anything escalates. So what I ended up doing is I kind of made it up. I don't remember if a student actually asked me or not, but I kind of made it up. And I said, friends, I heard somebody ask if Howard the handyman was going to come back today. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, and Howard the handyman is my ubi eyes with my hand, you know? Oh yeah. And so um, anyway, I've got, and I don't even know how I came up with it. It was probably all my Jim Henson watching, <laughs> stuff, you know, over, yeah. over whatever. But um, anyway, uh, it really like usually he'll come out and be part of the like recap from last week for a few minutes, like three or four minutes. And if I take time to let all the kids ask questions, man, they just, I mean, it's like a 20 minute deal. So I have to, be <laughs> well, today yeah. I was like, I'm going to let it be a 20 minute deal because I, I need it to. And the kids need something to refocus because right now they're just not feeling it. Like mm -hmm. even with the song, like whenever I go to the piano and, and play a little bit a lot of times with the body percussion they'll kind of like you know zero in a little bit wasn't mm -hmm. happening today so I kind of was like okay yep. I gotta call an audible here what am I gonna do so I just did Howard the handyman for longer and then as soon as I saw some of them kind of disengaging I just I recognized it and I stopped and went on to something different and it worked way better than I expected it to um, but then my third graders at the end of the day um, a lot of them have only heard of Howard the Handyman through the grapevine because it's kind of my kindergarten first grade activity. Well, then one of my third graders was like, hey, who is Howard? And, you know, and they're <laughs> asking, me, you know, these questions about who he is and what he does. So anyway, he made an appearance, but they actually really liked it. But um, I think today was probably uh, like internally a harder day for me than what I've had in a long time. And mostly just because I put a ton of effort into our Veterans Day Assembly last year. Mm. And I had a JROTC program from a high school come in yeah. and, and do the colors. I was in my uniform and played taps. And, um, and you know, I was really proud of, of how well it came across. And so this year, uh, I started teaching the kids all the songs about probably five or six weeks ago, which was kind of in line with what we did last year and getting everybody ready. But after I kind of started making my framework for an online program, I was like, man, this is just a bigger mountain that I'm going to be able to tackle on my own. Mm. Cause I thought, how am I going to be able to get kids involved? Cause last year I had a fall choir and this year I didn't do that because I yeah. kind of wanted to wait and see it wasn't required. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to wait and see kind of what happened. Cause my fear was that we were going to get into it and either someone was going to get sick and mm. someone was going to complain about, choir meeting or that we were going to have to go virtual because we didn't have enough students in the school or mm -hmm. something. Like I just had worst case scenario in my brain. And so um, I just was teaching the school the, the songs and it went fine. 
And then today I had an observation from my principal and um, she was actually really happy with how everything went. And, you know, I just explained to her, hey, since we can't do assemblies and trying to do the online virtual show was just a bigger task than I felt like I could do effectively in the amount of time that I needed to do it. Um, I said, you know, this is what I did. I taught students all the songs and we, you know, talked about it and we did the, the, the medley. And, you know, I taught a lot of the students who saw it last year, we could kind of go off of their memories from last year, but the new students, you know, they've seen the video of me playing with the army band from whenever I was active. And, um, you know, they've seen pictures of me and they've heard my stories, but um, I don't know. I just, I really missed having that assembly this year. And then whenever my principal said, is everything going okay with, um, oh, how did she say it? Um, she said, oh, are you feeling okay about not being able to have any extra performances this year? And I said, that's an interesting question. I said, it's really been harder today because it's Veterans Day. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one that's pretty important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and she's like, yeah, I know that there's a lot of teachers that really live for those performances. And I said, you know, even when I was a band director, I know how important those performances are, not just for the students, but for the parents too. Yeah. Like, you know, the PR that is attached to those public performances is just like, you can't really tell oh, yeah. how important it is. And so I said, so I'm, I'm kind of trying to wrestle a little bit with how do I salvage it, but how do I keep from just like drowning myself, trying to do it all on my own and then dealing with the, how do I pick the kids to do it? Are we going to do it in rehearsals? If I video in class, I'm going to have to have students step out because not all the students in the class are able to be filmed and it be, you know, put on the internet. And, and so there was a lot of things I was like, it was easy last year with the choir because, you know, those students, like I, I kind of vetted them all out. They had to sign a sheet and it was fine. Whereas if I try to like layer a whole grade level for, with an online thing, even with like the audio part, I wasn't too worried about like just layering the voices and kind of, making it sound okay like I wasn't worried about that but just like the video portion of it and trying not to leave kids out but then by default having to leave kids out and all of that like I was just like man this, this is just bigger than I know how to deal with myself so I'm kind of curious um, like maybe what you've heard other people say about online performances as far as like what they've done that's been successful like pitfalls to stay away from um, I'd love any feedback that you've got on that. Um, well, Lisa, it makes me think of the, well, even the World Choir Festival, when you had online, I can't explain it to him the way you would be able to, but how did that, because I know everybody always complains about Zoom and there being a delay and things like that. So what, how did you, how, what did you tell people to do? Or how did you, you have them submit recordings ahead of time and thing like things like that? Yeah, that was that was an interesting experience because we'd been planning the World Choir Festival for six or seven months. Yeah, and it was in April. And so yeah. we were we were soliciting choirs to submit their performances and we were going to stream them through our webinar system. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the number one pitfall that to avoid, especially with the younger students, is is the whole permission to use their image thing. Right. So making sure that everybody has permission to be on camera and then not streaming it in a public venue. All right, there's some advantages to doing like Facebook, 
um, or Instagram or, you know, one of the social media platforms because they usually have like a blanket license. So you can do the songs. You don't have to be, you know, stuck with um, public domain stuff so that you can, you know, do it without needing a license, that kind of thing. But doing it in, in a basically a closed system. So whatever your school is using, have it be password protected so the general public can't view it. Mm -hmm. Also having a way that it's not automatically recorded and posted publicly. Like that's part of what's, what's challenging with Facebook or, or YouTube um, is that they, they want to archive that for you, right? Um, so we use a webinar system for, for all of our stuff. You might want to check with like your district and see if they, they have some sort of, you know, closed protected system. But then as far as, you know, that what people could submit, um, you know, there's lots of, everybody wants to do a virtual choir video, you know? And I think there's so many variations on that that people are forgetting are way, way simpler. So like having your kids, instead of singing alone, singing along with a track. So you're just putting their voices over a karaoke track or even, you know, a, a singing along with, with uh, other recorded singers. And then what if you did something where that you don't see their faces at all? So as part of the World Choir Festival, we worked with Soundtrap, which is an online uh, a DAW, a digital audio workstation. Mm -hmm. So people could get in there, record their part, not saying to do this with elementary kids, it probably wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that you can, you can record their voices singing. And Justin, you've got them in person. Is that right? Yeah. So basically our district, when we opened up, they've been really um, motivated to keep everybody in person as much as possible. So we have, there are students that have the option um, if they, if they want to stay all virtual, they can. Um, but I don't see those students. I like music is not really a part of what they do um, with all of that. So I don't have any act, interaction with those kids. And then um, aside from that, if a student it has exposure or a family member uh, tests positive or something like that, they quarantine. Um, we are using Canvas. Uh, our classroom teachers are using Canvas. And um, I'm not using Canvas because our district adopted Quaver this year. And so I've basically just got some um, different games and activities that uh, Quaver kind of uh, did. So I'm still not getting any like virtual interaction with the students who aren't in person. So basically everything I'm doing is in person. Okay, super cool. So you could, you could record them in class and then put that together into some sort of video performance. And it can be super light edit. Um, I know if I were doing it with like second graders, I would record this person singing a line of the song and this person singing a line of the song and this person and then just mesh those together. So it's more of a, uh, what is the right word? A tapestry or a, and then the other thing that we did um, with this virtual choir that we put together was we didn't have their faces on the screen at all. We ended up doing a lyric video. So yeah. the music is beautiful like the first time I heard it I cried it was so because you can hear their distinctive voices mm -hmm. you know and and then it was just a beautiful lyric video um I can probably find it and put it in the chat do you guys want to see it 
That's a good idea because, um, I mean, I know Veterans Day was today, but like, let's use patriotic program as an example. If you did like a slideshow over just the singing and not maybe just this year, since it's virtual, you don't show the kids faces because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the kids who, um, their parents didn't sign like permission. Can they still, their voices can still be used, right? They just can't be on video. Is that what it is? Yeah, because okay. I think I think what our what our paperwork says is like the, the use of their image. So like still okay. images, um, mm -hmm. uh, video, and then some of them it goes as far as like even like artwork that has like their name on it or anything. Oh, like right. That. Yeah, like there's there's a few kids that have like legal affidavits that are like, yeah, if if bio mom and dad are looking, mm -hmm. for them, we can't mm -hmm. have anything that indicates their identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I used to do a big uh, veterans program every year. Like that was one of the mandates, right? Christmas program, it was a Catholic school. Christmas program, veterans program. <laughs> and then I added additional ones. So we, we did like an opening of the year program with K-1-2. And then we did an end of year program with everybody, including the middle school kids. Um, but we always, I always did a, a PowerPoint with, for um, like America the Beautiful with mm -hmm imagery pictures you know the lyrics so you can you can absolutely create a lot of video options without having to show students faces or names or anything just and there I think, and that's probably a lot better idea because i actually like that's what i did for the live performance except the students were up there in front mm -hmm. but like even for like we did kind of a little christmas carol sing-along last year Mm -hmm. where I tried to make it dummy proof because I wasn't sure who was going to be running the computer for me. And yeah. I wanted them to basically just be able to hit start on PowerPoint. I had the audio attached, like the, the slides would change at the right time. Like they literally had to just start it and stop it. And it was super easy. And I didn't think about just adding the students' voices on top of that because I do use tracks with the student, with, um, with vocals behind them because my students are just not strong enough to be able to carry a lot of that by themselves, not necessarily by like pitch wise, but definitely volume wise um, in a, in a performance, we don't have a good way to mic them where they would mm. be uh, able to be heard as well, even if they're singing well. Um, so I just, I just have the, um, the vocal part, playing with the instrumental track and it was, and it worked really, really well for me last year. And I guess I just hadn't really thought of just recording the students singing it and just layering that on top of the PowerPoints and slideshows that I've already got. That's, I wish I had a talk to you. Very oaky, tracks. Mm. Um, or I would, I would actually create videos of me singing. I called them the practice track. Um, but it was me singing the part along with the slideshow of the words and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then you could totally do that, you know, record yourself singing it or somebody, you know, sing it, whoever's, you know, comfortable with it. And then using that as the background track. And that makes it feel even more authentic oh, yeah. as well. I love that idea. Cause then it's you with the students. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea. And they, I mean, think yeah. of the rapport that you're building too. Um, I'm going to try and find one of my little practice videos here for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually got the idea last year um, in the Harmony group. Um, I think I think Jessica had said it either in um, like one of the implementation videos or, or something, but you had talked about the spotlight um, 
soundtracks that are there. Like yeah. The like the golden, the hidden yeah, gems. Like the <laughs> trying to get rid of. And yes, they have so many soundtracks on there that don't have any voices. Right. You know, and just, so they, they all have the instrumental, mm-hmm. um, the vocal like accent where like music cuts out when the kids start singing mm-hmm. and then they've got the ones where it's everything all together. And so I just, uh, you know, got the master list and started like checking where, you know, the Christmas and holiday yeah. songs were. And I started listening to all those cause we've got them all. And yeah. uh, that's actually where I got that idea from last year. And it works mm-hmm. so well. And, and uh, I know, Oh, sorry, not music K eight too. They provide most, I think most of the programs, but they will do like a, the voices and then the, just the instrumental. So that's another one that I think for most of their songs, they do that, but yeah. And I think you can download songs just individually as well. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you, they give them to you in like a zip file and then you have to unzip them. But mm-hmm. Yeah. He's talking about the old like music curriculum the spotlight on music or any of them probably. But I said, those CDs are like a treasure trove. They're just hidden gems because they have so many instrumental tracks on there that, and they're not, I mean, you know, there's a few that are like cheesy. You can tell they're very old, but there's some that are just like that, you know, tracks teachers would download today just from the internet, you know, somewhere, wherever in internet the land. <laughs> yeah. The one that we used for your grand old flag, like the orchestration was fantastic. Like it's a, yeah. it's, it's a symphonic band playing it and the parts are good. And there's little like quotes that are nodding towards like, um, stars and stripes like little you know like you just you hear these little nods and i'm like oh that's so good yeah. and I, i'm like hey this is mr stanton's favorite song and they're mm-hmm. like hey mr stanton's favorite song you know that's awesome yeah that's awesome well i think i know it's hard i know it's just like the it, it's okay to grieve i know that sounds so corny to say but i can't think of another word to put there but this year is just hard you know especially in elementary music i feel well actually all music ed- educators like you said, are used to putting up performances, especially, you know, you're going to feel it right now. And like Elisa said, Christmas programs are huge winter programs. Um, and this, you know, I feel like those are probably the two biggest ones. And so when you're so used to doing it every year and you're just like, wait, it's just kind of like a, you're trucking along doing good. And it's probably something like that for every teacher where maybe it's not performances, but all of a sudden, there's like this activity you've always enjoyed doing with your kiddos in person. And then you're like, wait, I didn't know I was going to be like grieving that so much, but I think that's okay to, you know, feel your feelings. It's okay to feel your feelings and okay to, you know, like we talk about all the time, you're not robots, you're human beings and it's okay to have feelings just like you encourage your kiddos to. So um, I love that advice, Elisa, to, yeah, just the, the voices, you know, you don't have to do video um, and keeping it simple. You can also just do dancing or Ooh, body good. percussion or movement. Yeah. You know, you don't have, and, and you can like film them from behind or film them from the side or have their faces blurry. And, and that takes the pressure off of them for, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of students can get uncomfortable when you're like, okay, I'm going to record you singing a solo mm-hmm. now, you know, so you can do things that are just movement. We used to, yeah, that's um, good. you know, I did this big, end of year program and we always did a sort of theme so like one year we did all religious songs one year we did a tour of the world but but my sort of pza still is resistance i probably totally said that wrong um was we always did we brought everybody on all k through sixth graders 
onto the stage or, you know, in front of the stage. And we did one big dance number all together, which I would choreograph. Mm. And, and it was everybody's favorite, you know, part and no singing involved. It was just, you know, everybody got together and just did one big closing song and we ended with confetti and yeah, it was great. That's so really cool. keep, That's a good keep idea. that in mind too, that there's more to music mm -hmm. than musical performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you got, uh, it's on the top of the hour, so I don't want to keep you guys forever because I know it's late. I know you're tired. And do we have anything else, any more questions, advice you need before we go? Good. Justin, you good? The only thing I was going to say is that last, last month I was telling you, or yeah, it was the last month yeah, I was telling you about my little Eddie Van Halen video that the, yeah. it ended up getting like 6,500 hits. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Before it kind of slowed love down. So, I love it. Anyway, I love it. I figured I'd give you that update. Yeah. So tell Lisa what you did real quick. Cause I so, love it. So I, um, I was an electric bass player for the army for five years um, in between while I was a band director and I've been in the national guard band for another five, but, um, so I'm mostly an electric bass player, but I started off as a guitar player. Well, I was a rocker in, in you know, high school and as a teenager and, um, <laughs> big, yeah, big Eddie Van Halen fan, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, a lot of those guys that play. So when Eddie Van Halen died, it actually really like, it, it hit me kind of hard. Like we all knew he was sick, but we didn't know he was going to die. And so anyway, I just kind of like uh, hit pause on what I had planned and told my kids, hey, friends, I'm going to talk to you today about someone that Mr. Stanton really likes. And so I kind of told him a little bit about Eddie Van Halen, showed him a couple clips on YouTube. And then I brought my guitar in and I played a couple of little Van Halen riffs. And, um, one, and one of the days that I was doing that, uh, one of our paraprofessionals was in there and I was just playing the um, tapping cycle at the end of eruption and her son is in high school and he plays guitar and she thought it was great. And so she started filming. So she got like a 20 or 30 second clip of me kind of playing, you know, the end of eruption and um, she shared it on Facebook. And then all of a sudden, like it started getting like a lot of hits. Well, then our principal got a hold of it. She sent it to our district and our district has like 25,000 students. So we were in a really big district. Um, in Oklahoma. And, um, and after it went to the district site, it got like 5,500 hits. And then uh, our one of the local news stations in Oklahoma City got a hold of it. And they put it on the news as like one of those like great things going on in the state. And they said this, you know, uh, music teacher and, and more is talking to students about Eddie Van Halen and he played, played guitar for them and they showed it and ended up getting like 6,500 hits. So anyway, that was kind of like, I've never gone viral with anything. <laughs> that's not, that's far from viral. And I get that, but I was like, Hey, I, I I'll take it. No, that's, that's awesome. No, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You should be proud of yourself because thinking outside the box, Hey, and I did want to tell you, I was thinking of one thing when you were talking, Justin, um, and Elisa, you know, Courtney power, she's amazing. And, um, really she teaches in Philly. So she's all about like hip hop music education and bringing that to her students. But one thing she said in uh, my podcast interview today is she said something that I thought was brilliant is when she said something's not working with her students. She said, instead of just being like, 
keep going with what she's teaching. She said she turns on music and they all start dancing and the kids think it's just like a brain breaker for fun. And she said, it's for me. It gives me time to like dance and I'm smiling, but internally I'm like, how am I going to turn this around? What am I going to do? How am I going to shift? What am I going to adjust as she's dancing? And she said, and always something will come to her and just bam, just like that, just from like dancing and kind of like releasing endorphins. And she's like, oh, I can do this. And she tries it and it works. And so I was like, I thought, you know, it's like those simple tidbits of advice that you're just like, what? I mean, I thought that was brilliant because, you know, you can, it, it's almost like a snowball when something's not working, it just keeps building and you're like, ah, this whole lesson's just a bomb, but just dance with your kids or take a brain break and just reset and then you'll keep going. But yeah, there's always, I feel like there's always that one day of classes back to back for some reason, whoever makes this schedule, those are always, you have that one day of classes and then I don't know what your next day is like, but it always seems like the next day of classes is like, so this is my easy day. So it's just like, I don't know how it always ends up that way. Yeah. It's true. Well, Elisa, thank you so much. Um, sorry more people couldn't make it live tonight. I don't know where everybody is, but I know they're going to watch the replay. And I'm going to include the chat conversation in the replay as well, because you included some incredible links I want everybody to check out. Yeah, so, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm just here to be a resource. So yeah. reach out uh, to me on Facebook or via email, or um, I think I put my website in the chat mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm just happy to help out. Um, you just need to let us know, let mm -hmm. me know what we can do for you. So and you, just, make me, you make me yeah. miss teaching so much. I know they're amazing. I love every single one of these people. Um, AlisaJansen.com. And then on Facebook, is it, is it still music ed mentor? Yeah. So I have music ed mentor. Okay. Um, I have not been posting a lot on there since I got my corporate job, if I'm mm -hmm. honest. Um, so it's at Elisa C Jones actually okay. is like my, my at. And if you like really pretty pictures of trail stuff in Western <laughs> Colorado, you can follow me on Instagram. Yeah. It's always like just finding you seeing your pictures is like, I want to, I want to go walk a trail. I know like every now and then I'll do like a, you, you guys can't see my whole setup here, but I have seven computer monitors around me. It's like something out of the matrix. Okay. Cause, cause this is what I do. Right. Yeah. So I have four computers, seven monitors. Um, sometimes they're all going. And so you'll every now and then get, catch a glimpse of like the day job. Um, but mostly it's just trail pictures. You just and need to get out of there. And, yeah. 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 Pretty much. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ashley and Justin for coming. Um, this, these conversations were great tonight, you guys. Thank you. Um, hang in there. You guys are doing great. Ask questions as you need to, you know, we're always here to support you. Have a good night. Bye. Thanks.